The call for proposals for Voice Summit 2020 is available now. Having the opportunity to speak at Voice Summit will be highly competitive this year. So if you'd like the chance to be a speaker at this year's event, fill out the form at voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. Proposals are only open until January 31st, so be sure to get yours in now. That's voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. can create a skill or flash briefing. And today you'll hear Kiki, a former lawyer and now writer who created a flash briefing called Black History Every Day. You'll hear her talk about how she started in voice, why she wanted to create this skill, how it's growing, what she hopes to achieve with it, and why she's encouraging everyone to just give creating a skill or flash briefing a try. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts. And today my guest is Kiki, the founder, president, and editor-in-chief of BlackHistoryEveryday.com. Welcome, Kiki. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's a delight to be with you. So you have a pretty interesting background in that you started your career off as a lawyer, and then you got into writing and media. Can you tell us a little bit about that transition of careers and interests? Absolutely. Well, it's kind of like my becoming a lawyer was an accident. Uh, because when I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up, so to speak. Well, I started out at Emory in Atlanta, which wasn't too far from where I grew up. But then my father worked for IBM, and I wanted to be near him. So I transferred to State University of New York at Binghamton. So I went to SUNY Binghamton. And all of my friends, when I asked them what they were going to do, they were going to do one of two things they were either going to be a lawyer or they were going to be uh, a doctor. And I didn't have the science uh, requirement, so I decided I would go to law school since you, you didn't really have to have any science requirements. So that's how I accidentally became a lawyer. I mean, obviously, I went to law school, but I took the, the easier path. And so I just did that for 20 years, kind of unthinkingly. I enjoyed it. I was good at it, but it didn't make my heart sing. So when I turned 40, Basically, I went away for the weekend and reread journals that I hadn't seen that I had written when I was 19 years old. And all I talked about in those journals was writing, that I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a cross between the two most famous women writers that I experienced, Lillian Hellman and Nikki Giovanni. And they were both just like, they were my idols. So not that I wanted to do poetry like Nikki Giovanni was doing, nor did I want to write novels like Lillian Hellman was, but I just saw them both as strong, independent women writers who made their career as writing. So that's what I decided I wanted to do. Basically, fortunately, I had the luxury at that time. My then wife said that I could take off for a year. I could quit my job. I was working as a law professor. I could quit my job and just write for a year and not worry about income. So that's how I made the initial transition from you know working in the law and being a law professor to writing. It actually ended up two years as a freelance writer and discovered I really liked and loved doing that and loved writing. Uh, didn't so much enjoy the life of a freelancer if I really had to produce income, but I didn't for two years. So I made that transition. I love that. And then on top of that, you start to add voice technology in. 
When did you first hear about voice technology and when did you decide you wanted to create something within voice, a skill or a flash briefing? So someone gave me an Alexa as a Christmas present when I was 59 years old. And I had only heard about Alexa and voice through commercials. I'd never seen it or experienced it. And as soon as I set it up, I thought, I want to do this. I want Alexa to use the technology to read out something that I have created. So that's when I first got an Alexa. That's when I realized that that's what I wanted to do. I had thought about before that I wanted, you know, with the iPhones, I wanted to create an app. I wanted to do something. And and everyone I talked to in particular about the Alexa skill or Alexa flash briefing said, no, unless you have the skill set, unless you're experienced in tech, unless you know how to do voice technology, you won't be able to do it. You can pay someone to create a flash briefing for you, but it's a very technical thing to do. And then I decided to Google and find out, could I do it? And what I found out is that they had a thing called ASK, A-S-K, which was and is an acronym for Amazon Skill Kit. And according to this, you could develop your own skill or flash briefing in five easy steps. So I thought, okay, and it didn't cost anything to do it. So I thought, okay, then I can do this. I can develop this skill. I am so excited. I think that's so great. And your Alexa flash briefing is called Black History Every Day. Why was creating this important to you? And what can users expect to learn from this briefing? Well, it was important to me because it, it really goes back to, I've been celebrating Black History Month all my life. And it seemed to me that in February, which was the shortest month of the year, that we would hear the same Black history facts repeated over and over again. There were about six of them. You'd learn about Rosa Parks, uh, Martin Luther King, Marcus Garvey, maybe Frederick Douglass, and George Washington Carver. And the idea first came about is that certainly there is more to Black history than these people, and there's a lot more. So I came up with initially the idea of just having a website that had a different Black history fact every day. And much to my surprise, when I looked and found, uh, you know, did some research, the URL blackhistoryeveryday.com was available. So I bought it and then I developed a system for having a new Black history fact every day. So when I looked at what was available in Alexa, there were some skills and some flash briefings that talked about Black history facts, but they were not updated and they certainly were not updated daily. So I thought, okay, this is a perfect meld. I already have this website. You know, maybe I can have the website feed into Alexa and have that as a flash briefing. And that's how I came up with the idea. And I thought, well, I'm not, since I'm, well, since I already have the website, I'm not developing new material. I can have used the same material that I've used for the website and for Facebook and just have that go into Alexa. 
Which is so smart. I mean, we talk about this all the time on this podcast. People think of voice as like a completely separate entity, but the idea is to integrate it into what you already have. So it's great to hear you were doing that. And I saw that you were featured on Amazon Alexa's blog about your skill building. And one of the things I loved that you had said on there is that your skill went live on the morning of your 60th birthday. What was that feeling like? That was a great feeling because even though Ask said it was simple in five steps, I was unable to complete some of the steps and I was unable to test it. So I probably submitted it to Amazon. I mean, so many times that I lost count and would get back that it had been rejected. And I actually am a believer in setting intentions. So I actually had set an intention that I wanted this skill working on or before my 60th birthday. And I was hearing a lot of naysayers because, you know, they were saying, you know, the, the tech game is not for the baby boomers. It's, you know, it's for the millennials and it's, you know, for other generations. But baby boomers were not known for successfully developing many things. But I set forth this intention and I basically you know, ask everyone that I could. I interacted with people on social media. I did uh, group chats. I complained to my then 85-year-old father that I didn't understand what the rejections were about. And I was actually working in a co-working place and someone overheard me reading one of the rejection letters uh, from Amazon. And I told my father, you know, when I was reading the letter, I literally understand these words, but I don't know what it means. And I don't know how to fix this thing. And someone in the co-working space overheard me talking. And after I hung up with my father, they said that they thought they could help me. What they did was they helped me understand how my website would interact with Amazon because that was the other thing that I had that was blocking me from the skill and the set. I literally didn't understand how it worked. I didn't understand how my website fed into Alexa and that Alexa would then understand and read out what I said. So once he explained it to me in simple English, I was able to complete it and I knew it was one of those things. I think that someone uh, had quoted Henry Ford about how did you know that this could be done? And he said, you know, in creating the automobile, and he said, I knew that it could be done because I saw it in my mind. So I saw and heard this skill in my mind. So I knew that it could be done. And I lost a little faith when it was April 2nd, which was a night before my birthday, because I still, you know, had got another rejection from the skill. But like shortly before midnight, I submitted it again and then awakened the next morning on my birthday, April 3rd, and got the news that my skill was live. And I thought, you know what? I knew it would be. I knew it would be live. Oh, that is so exciting. And you've been <laughs> yeah. doing it for a while. What is something maybe you've learned from doing it or maybe the responses you've gotten or the data, anything that you can kind of share with us over the last year or so that you've been doing it? One of the things that I learned is that, well, when I first started doing it, somehow when I developed this skill, it would take five facts every day. And I'm doing this by myself. And, you know, when I first started, I was working full time and it took a lot to, by myself, develop five facts, even though the facts are short, every day to be fed into Alexa. So one of the things that I learned is 
that I couldn't do it alone. So I ended up getting with a program through Girls Inc. and getting interns who were like amazing. And these interns were 15-year-old girls who helped me write some of the skills so I could still develop it at five, you know, five at a clip of five per day. But that internship program didn't last that long. And then I learned to also just to talk to people. And someone said, actually, I think it was my then partner, now wife, who said, why can't you do your original idea? Why can't you do one a day? You'll still be updating it. Alexa will read five, but there'll be a new one every day. And that was <laughs> life-changing as well. And then I also learned that I needed to do them in advance because I couldn't be scrambling around at the last minute to try to find out. So I needed to, I learned to schedule them within, I use WordPress. So I learned to schedule them. So like right now I have them scheduled through December 8th and then I don't have to worry about it. And then I can keep going and keep ahead, anticipate things like when I'm going to be out of town to make sure that they're scheduled for that. So it just, it runs very smoothly and very much kind of in an assembly line way. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same. I'm all about strategy and production. It definitely helps. Have you gotten any responses from people that interact with it or use it at all yet? Absolutely. I get lots of responses. People are just amazed by it and amazed at the breadth of materials because one of the things that I, that I also learned is the other thing that people had about Black history in particular, it was Black American history. And that's not Black history. There was no dealing with intersections. There was no Black and Jewish. There was no Black and Asian. There was no Black and Latino. And People are very much appreciative of the intersections, of knowing that I bring people and companies and images that really represent the breadth of being Black in the world, not just the United States. And whatever myths that they have that, you know, that there are no Black Jews or there's only one or two, I blow that. Or the other big thing is, and certainly as a, as a lesbian, I really appreciate this, was that you know, a lot of times people would equate queerness in the LGBTQ community as white. And for the month of June, when I was still doing this year in 2019, when I was still doing five facts a day, I had five queer black facts every day. So, you know, th that those things were life changing. And those are the things that people really react to. And I call it, I model it. I worked for CBS for years when I worked. And even before I worked for CBS, one of my favorite shows was 60 Minutes. And the thing that I really loved about 60 Minutes and the stories was the what I call the oh wow factor. I didn't know that. I was unaware of that. You're bringing me something that I had no idea. And that's what I get reactions to when I do Black History Every Day. It's like, what? You know, I had no idea whether it's something like the first that, you know, I had no idea that Felicia Rashad, who was on the Cosby show, was the first Black person to win a Tony. You know, something like that in our lifetime. I mean, it's, it's equivalent of that my kids had no idea that there was no Black president before Barack Obama. But there are many other Black firsts that happen that people are unaware of, or even something simple like the notion that many people, unfortunately, consider Africa a country 
uh, not a continent and are unaware of the 54 nations that are in Africa. So it's the educational thing that people react to. And even the, the things that, that occur in 2019 that folks didn't know about, that this kid, Little Nas, was the first openly gay Black person to win an award at the Country Music Association. I really look at, at things like that and the oh wow factor and that people are like, wow, you know, I had no idea. That wasn't my thinking about Black history, but it is. And as I said, you know, making it deal with the intersections and dealing with the world and bringing up, you know, it's like I traveled to Sweden and I focused on Black Swedish folks. So, I mean, you know, that's usually people, the, the juxtaposition is, oh, you know, Sweden is so white. No, there's a huge of African descent population there and influenced by music and the arts and everything. And I try to bring that and that oh wow factor. If I'm saying oh wow to it and it's something that I don't know, I figure other people are excited and, and they don't know either. Yeah. And I think it's not even just education you're bringing. You're really bringing a sense of connection and community in a global way with what you're doing. Yes, I think so. I mean, I think the connection is really big, the not having the isolation and that, you know, uh, people are walking around thinking that, you know, they're the only ones who are, you know, Black and Jewish or Black and Asian. And it's like, that's not true. You know, and here's the whole prominent history or they're the only person, you know, who is from the African continent. So yes, I think that the, the sense of community is really wonderful and making the real connectedness because I think that we have enough stuff that divides us. And that's the other notion in terms of the connectivity is that Black history isn't just for Black people. It's history and it is for everyone. And also acknowledging that there are many people within, you know, this network who don't necessarily identify as Black necessarily, but are in this realm. And I think, let's see, it's Lolo Jones, who is a, a track and field person, who is of mixed race. Uh, one of her parents is Black, the other parent is white. And they ask her how she identified. And I put her, because she won some Olympic records, broke Olympic records, and I put her in Black history every day, but I made the acknowledgement that she doesn't identify as Black because she said to identify as black would be to disregard one of her parents, just as to identify as white would be. So there's room for that as well. So she is of African descent, but she doesn't necessarily identify as black. Yeah, I think you're hitting some really big topics. That's just exciting. I mean, so you started this idea because you have this passion for it, and now it's grown and you've done a lot of different changes in your career. What do you say to someone who wants to get into voice, but they feel like they're not in the right career or maybe they're not the right age? Do you have any advice to them? Absolutely. I would go back to, and I, I was thinking about this. It reminds me of Grandma Moses, who apparently started painting when she was in her 80s. It's never too late. If you have a passion for something, if it's voice, whatever it is, do it. I mean, it's one of those questions about, you know, I, I hear people say, no, 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 I'm too old to do this, or it's too late to do this. No, it's never too late. So my advice is follow your passion, you know, follow your bliss. You know, tomorrow isn't promised. So 
you know, do it and go for it. And we need to get away from this notion that it's too late or I'm too old. Because if that was the case, I, I, I wouldn't have done this because everyone was telling me, not everyone, a large number of people were telling me that this was a game for the millennials. This was not a game for the baby boomers. My advice is whatever your passion is, just follow it and get in community with other folks because, you know, a relatively new to voice, but it was good to talk, just to talk to other people who had developed skills, who had developed flash briefings to find out how they did it. And people are more than willing to talk to you and, you know, be encouraging and using social media to connect with people too. I mean, I started tweeting when I was having trouble getting, you know, my skill approved. Someone said, oh, you should tweet. And I forget his title. You should tweet this guy at Amazon. He's very active on Twitter and he responds to people. So I did. And he ended up setting me up with a conference call with some kids in the home office. And it was just amazing just to be able to talk to them and engage with them. They couldn't figure out how to get my skill live, but it was a good engagement. And then they also sent me some swag, too. Uh, so I got some uh, Amazon developer. I got a hoodie and uh, you know, I got a lanyard and uh, a coffee mug. So it was a good experience to also be in community. So that would be my advice is follow your passion and also be in community because there are other people that you can learn from or even just discuss your frustrations with. Yes, and this voice community, I've said this so many times that, and people who listen to this show hear me say it over and over again, I have never seen a community that has been so ready to help one another. People that would normally be competitors or not because voice is still new enough that people are trying to figure things out and they want to work yes. together. Um, and that's something really, really beautiful to see. When you think about your flash briefing and kind of what you're trying to do, where do you see yourself taking this or kind of growing in the voice world? What do you want to see happen? Well, I think what I'd like to see happen is, and I haven't experienced this, but I know that uh, they have other devices, like they have Echo Show, that I want to be more visual. I want the voice combined with the visual. Right now, what I've done with my website is that I've added pictures. And, you know, if you go to the website, you can see that. You don't see that, you know, in the regular voice. And I'm just curious as to something like, would Echo Show show the picture? Or can I also add video? So those are the things that I'm thinking about. Because as I examine people, and it's like, how do people do things? I was listening to one of your previous podcasts. And I think the question was, how do people use uh, marketing, particularly voice marketing, how do they use it effectively? And they were talking about how Starbucks, you know, figured out that most people are using their product in the car. So, okay, let's develop something so that people, you know, as they're in their car, they can order and have it ready for them and then pick it up and then get back in their car. So I think that those are the things that I'm thinking about. It's like, how do people use them and how do I want to see them? And the things that I know is that people in, like visual things. You know, you can do a text post on Facebook and it doesn't get as much attention as to even when you have a picture. 
just a still picture. And if you add video, even more. So that's, I think, what I'd really like to see, where I'd like to see my flash briefing going. It's like the combination of a still picture, something visual, and or video snippet as well. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Where can people learn more about what we talked about today or connect with you? So if with the skill itself, it is on Alexa. And you simply, if you have an Alexa, you say, Alexa, please enable Black history every day. And then the next time that you go on and you ask Alexa, what's new or what's the news or what's my flash briefing, that will be read out to you. So that's a, a way to engage on Alexa. To engage with me, one easy way is simply to go to my website, which is blackhistoryeveryday.com. If you click on contact, I have both my email and my phone number there. So easy ways of getting in contact with me and also looking at, uh, at blackhistoryeveryday.com. Perfect. And the last question we like to ask on the show to really get people more aware of other things in voice besides your own flash briefing. Is there a voice skill experience or briefing you're using right now and really enjoying? I like a lot of things, but one thing that really gives me pleasure is um, Jeopardy on Alexa. And there are other games too. Jeopardy is one of them. I'm a huge Alex Trebek fan, so there's that. But anything where there's a real interacting, I like to interact with Alexa and simple things like tell me a joke or playing a game. Uh, there, there are some trivia games other than uh, Jeopardy. And I'm also a big fan of the news sites because I feel like that they really have encapsulated like the best of the best, particularly NPR and some of the more story-based sites. Because I think that that's what I do as well. I'm telling stories. I'm telling very short stories. And people like short stories and to engage with that. Well, this has been wonderful, Kiki. I am so excited for you for following a passion and an interest in a way that is educating and connecting people. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's been a lot of fun. And I hope people get in contact with me and get in contact with the skill on Alexa and the website. And I'm very open and also very responsive. And if anybody wants to develop a skill and talk, they can contact me. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.